Chat with Traders is sponsored by Trade the Pool. Are concerns about limited buying power, insufficient capital, or fear of losing your own money preventing you from advancing your trading capabilities? Trade the Pool is an online stock trading prop firm that offers funding for stock traders. Demonstrate your skills, trade their capital, and keep your profits. You can engage in intraday trading and now swing trading on Trade the Pool with any U.S. stock or ETF. The procedure is straightforward. Pay an evaluation fee, successfully complete the evaluation, and get funded. Visit tradethepool.com forward slash chat to learn more. You've seen the headlines. Bonds are making a comeback. But if you've ever tried to invest in bonds, you know what a clunky, complicated, broken experience it can be. That's why at Public, they took fixed income and fixed it. Now you can find, evaluate, and buy thousands of bonds with an investing experience designed this century. Add fixed income to your portfolio with corporate, treasury, and municipal bonds. Go to public.com forward slash bonds podcast to get started. This podcast is sponsored by Public. Full disclosures can be found at public.com forward slash bonds. The biggest secret of the best traders in the world is that they're just like everyone else. However, they've worked hard to learn the markets and discover what works and what doesn't. But how can you hear about these journeys and get in on the strategies and tactics they use? You can do it by listening to Chat with Traders. Here's your host, Aaron Fifield. All right, what's up, guys? Hope you're doing great. Welcome to episode 47 of the Chat with Traders podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Firefield, and this week I interviewed Timothy Sykes. If you're not already familiar with Tim, for some strange reason, he's made quite a name for himself as the penny stock guru who trades, teaches, and flaunts big piles of cash on Instagram. And before you can get a word in sideways, he'll also gladly remind you that he does have millionaire students. Now, I really enjoyed this conversation with Tim because we covered many substantial topics that do play an important role in a trader's success. To rattle off just some of those topics, we discussed what's all the fuss about making a million dollars, how to stay motivated and get the most out of your dedicated study time, how to combat the urge of overtrading, how to avoid liquidity issues in OTC markets, and so much more. Now, I'll quickly point out, there's a full recap on this episode with all the links and resources mentioned at chatwithtraders.com forward slash 47. So you can find everything there all in one place. All right, guys, hope you enjoy this episode. I'm your host, Aaron Firefield. This is the Chat With Traders podcast, and here is my guest who has become wealthy from penny stocks, the most hated niche in all of finance, Timothy Sykes. Timothy Sykes, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm doing very well. What's been going on? Nothing much. I'm watching your channel blow up. Good work. <laughs> Thank you very much. And welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be speaking yeah. with you. And yeah, thanks for having me. No trouble. I think it's actually pretty close to 12 months since we recorded our first interview. Uh, so bring us up to speed. What's What's been happening? Time flies. Um, just, just more craziness. You know, my business has doubled. It's been doubling every year. So just trying to deal with it. It's a good thing. It's a good problem to have, you know, and now I have a charity and uh, I don't think I had a charity last time I talked with you. No, I don't think so. And I'm keen to ask you a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the charity and, uh, you know, now I'm actually starting to teach on how to grow your social media. I've got this uh, company called Wolf Millionaire, which is going to teach how to grow and make money on social media. So 
just expanding, teaching more and, you know, trying to show opportunity where, wherever there's opportunity. Very cool. Okay. Now that sounds really interesting. And you had the Trader and Investors Summit in Las Vegas just a couple months back. I mean, how was that? Oh, it was great. We had uh, like 550 people as opposed to last year was like 350. So that's growing nicely too. And, you know, we just talked and a few more people broke down crying in front of me saying how much my lessons have helped them. I've got over 3000 video lessons now. So it's just been building, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good, good, good year. Sure, sure. Okay. And I've got to say, congrats on your recent interview with Larry King. I mean, you must be stoked with oh, that. Oh, yeah. You like that? Yeah, yeah. And I was listening to it. And I like the part where you uh, described to Larry that the technology of a company and I mean, really just the company in itself is very disconnected from the actual stock price when you're dealing with penny stocks. I thought that was that was really interesting. Thank you. It was kind of interesting because he actually has promoted a penny stock and there was a kind of an awkward few minutes when he was talking about that. And uh, <laughs> it, the interview hasn't blown up very much because his people don't really want to uh, push it because of that, that little section. So kind of funny. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I kind of sense that a little bit. But so let's dig into it. I mean, one of the things you were really preaching during the interview was how you want to help more traders become millionaires. So I'd like to spend some time and drill down on this. Why do you believe so many people have the goal of becoming a millionaire? Yeah, I mean, again, a million dollars in today's world, not going to help you retire. Like it's, it's a good start. Like you can live very well, but it's just a, a, a good, you know, just a good goal. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading lately on on psychology and you know just how to improve performance. Uh, and if you look at at some of the classic studies on on goal setting and, and improvement from uh, Locke and Latham, uh, two psychologists and sociologists, I mean they basically say having a big goal increases performance fifteen to twenty five percent. Uh, not necessarily saying okay, I need to make a million dollars all at once. It's not like some get rich quick bullshit. But just having that like, okay, what are the steps I need to take in order to get to a million dollars rather than if you have five, 10, 20,000 to your name, you know, how do I double this money? That's what most people, you know, theoretically want when they first start. So a lot of people don't like the fact that I throw out these big numbers because they're like, no, that's unrealistic. But, you know, I did make a few million within my first few years, several of my students now I've done the same. And having that big goal, even if you know, you're know you not necessarily going to get there within a first few months or a few years, it helps push you to study harder and it keeps you, you know, disciplined on the right path. And that's why I think that, you know, frankly, out of all the stock trading and financial teachers out there, nobody else has several millionaire students. And you know, obviously, I, I kind of look like foolish to talk about money and to talk about millions and to show these big stacks of cash. Um, but you know, I, I do whatever I can to try and keep people studying, uh, you know, less than 10% of the people who have access to my video lessons even bother watching them. They just want hot picks. So I have to do my best to try and, you know, make this into a marathon, not a sprint and, you know, marathon runners do what they have to do to, to get through the whole marathon. Sure. Sure. And we're going to get right into that. So before we do, let's just, let's just stay focused on this point. What are their underlying reasons and motivations for wanting a million dollars? Because in reality, it's really just an arbitrary number. Wouldn't you agree? It's an arbitrary number, but you know, so is owning your own home, like where it's the American dream. Uh, you need these goals and these visualizations. You know, I 
I take out like just stacks of cash from my bank accounts and take pictures of them rather than just sharing, you know, a screenshot of of a few million dollars in a bank account because these visualizations, that's what we, you know, really get motivated from. Like I hashtag, you know, Monday motivation or daily inspiration. Um, and, and it's these big goals that really help you. I mean, the same thing, why is my orange Lamborghini so famous or, or infamous? You know, it's just a car. It goes fast. But, you know, when I was a kid, I had a poster of a Lamborghini and a Ferrari on my wall. And I said, one day I'm dreaming. I want these things. And now that I have the Lamborghini and I'm actually getting a Ferrari, it, it doesn't mean as much. But it was pushing me. And, you know, when you get pushed and you finally achieve the goal, it's it's pretty beautiful. It's no different than winning like a gold medal at the Olympics. You know, you have a little circle of gold around your neck. What does it really mean? It, it means nothing. You know, in the real world, if you melt it down, what is an Olympic gold medal worth? Not that much, but it's the journey and it's the process and it's beautiful. Okay, sure. So let me ask you this then. When you yourself crossed the million dollar mark, what changed for you? Was there anything that stands out? So this was 2002. I was uh, just 21 years old. I was on semester at sea and I was on this trade. Uh, I made like 80 grand on it. The, the internet had gone out on the cruise ship uh, and <laughs> I was running around freaking out. We were like in the South Pacific in a storm. And, you know, when the internet came back on, I turned out to be right shorting this stock. I think the, the ticker was ASIA, Asia. Uh, which was ironic because that's where we were. And, you know, nothing much changed. Tim Grittani, I was there when he crossed a million dollars. You had him on, great interview. And he made like $9,000 on a trade. It wasn't anything great. Now he's getting close to $3 million a few years later. Um, you know, a million dollars in the grand scheme of things is, is meaningless. It's just a, a good goal and a good, you know, mental achievement. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And it was really good to speak with uh, Tim Grittani. So if anyone wants to hear that, that's on uh, episode number 10. So you can check that out there. Let me ask you, do you feel like it's potentially a problem that some people may be motivated to trade for the wrong reasons? Like, you know, you said just before, you use your flashy marketing as a way to attract people to trade. But if they're attracted purely by, you know, Lamborghinis and big houses, is there a chance that they're motivated to trade for the wrong reasons and can this be an issue further down the track? No. As I was telling Larry King, you know, once you get to a million dollars, you know, you, you get a lot wiser. Like, you know, you don't really care about the Lamborghini. Uh, you don't care about the flashiness because theoretically, you know, if you have gotten to a million dollars trade by trade, you know, wins and losses has been a journey. It's it's a struggle. You know, you've grown and you've matured and you realize, you know, what matters. But when you only have a few thousand dollars to your name, uh, and trust me, I have more students than anybody, so I see more of these people than anybody. What they really need is that motivation to keep going to like, you know, after their, their day at school or after their day of work, they need what is the motivation that's going to push them to study this SEC filing or to listen to this conference call from this company at night when they're exhausted. And you need that extra push. I think it's insane how there is like this small subset of traders where they're like, you shouldn't talk about money. Uh, you know, it's too flashy. Like, we're we're trading money. We're we're speculators. We're gamblers. This is all about money. There's a lot of people who who fancy themselves philosophers, and you know, oh, we're we're doing trading not for the money. Like, are you freaking kidding me? We are in this for the money. Yes, you learn about yourself. Yes, it's a journey. Yes, it's a, it's an amazing achievement, and and you know, it is a struggle. 
but this is a this is a business. This is financial, you know, improvement. This is trying to change your life. And then once you have the money, you can do whatever you want. You can help orphans. You know, I just started a charity very late in my life. I got my Lamborghini before I started the charity. Maybe my priorities were messed up for a little while, but I do love giving back and I do like my Lamborghini and I like my house and I like my trips. And, you know, I think that you should be proud of wanting, you know, financial freedom. You shouldn't want to struggle in a rat race nine to five job with a boss that you hate with mortgage loans and school loans and you know, just a crappy life. So I'm very proud of my flashiness and, and it might be over the top, but at least it it punctures this bullshit that we see in society where, you know, you have to kind of be ashamed that that you want nice things and, and you have to be ashamed that you're in this for financial freedom. Like this is what everybody dreams of. People should want financial freedom. You can take care of your loved ones. You can take care of your kids. You can take care of your friends. You can go wherever you want. You don't have to stay in your same small town or city. You can travel the world and explore. I think this is the dream and I think there should be more flashiness. I was also telling Larry King, I said, you know, imagine if your high school math teacher pulled up in his Lamborghini every day. You probably would be a lot better at math if he did that. But most high school teachers and junior high school teachers, even college teachers, these are people who can't do. And now they teach. And so you don't really get motivated by someone who's like, you know, uh, this guy, maybe your teacher, I had a teacher who was like once on Jeopardy. That was like his claim to fame. And you just don't get inspired by their life story. So I wish more teachers shared their life story in a big, bold way to get people studying. I think any single thing that you can do to get people studying, not just following hot stock picks is a good thing. Once you subscribe to my stuff, once you see my video lessons, I'm not saying, oh, buy the stock and you're going to buy a Lamborghini. I say, you know, watch this six-hour DVD, learn about risk-reward, risk management, you know, how to choose the best stocks, you know, what factors to avoid. So, you know, yes, I'm drawing people in with the flash, but once you start studying, you see that that's not what I'm about. And, you know, I think a lot of the people who think that I'm just all flash and and no substance, they don't study. I have 3,000 plus video lessons. 500 of them plus are free on my YouTube channel. So you can see everything. Uh, and, and that's why I'm very proud of my business. Yeah, that's really good to get your take on that. And I like your perspective as well. I think that's, that's really uh, interesting. So while we're on this subject, how do you feel about setting goals with a monetary value? Because some people with this school of thought that, your goals should be process driven rather than being fixated on a dollar amount. So I'd love to get your, your take on this. You know, again, I deal with people who have a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, sometimes fifty thousand dollars to their name. But the vast majority of my students have a few thousand dollars to their name. And they need to dream big and they need to see, you know, visualizations that are big to get them uh, you know, just through this whole long journey. And, you know, setting big dollar amounts as opposed to small dollar amounts, um, you know, in, in the process and the philosophy, like you don't have time. You don't we don't have the luxury of, you know, being all philosophical and, and, you know, looking down on material goods when you have a few thousand dollars to your name. You need to get these people inspired. Big money, fast cars exotic trips, the life that they dream of. And that is the only thing that will get them studying. And I know it comes across as douchey. And I'm sure a lot of people dislike me purely because of that. And they've never once watched any of my, you know, video lessons or, you know, my DVDs or, you know, I just finished a two hour webinar that I give 
uh, every single week to my trading challenge webinars. Tim Grittani gives webinars too. My first millionaire student, Michael Good, gives webinars. So there's a lot of education that is required in this. And it's just not fun. You know, there, there's no way that studying all these webinars and charts and indicators and learning about trading, which is not like an exact science, you know, like I say, look, buy earnings winners, short pump and dumps, but sometimes an earnings winner goes down and a pump and dump goes up. And people are like, why is that? It's not logical. And you have to realize that the stock market is not always logical. And, and you can't say, you know, it's very difficult to teach the stock market as opposed to mathematics because mathematics, you have specific formulas. They're always right. Two plus two always equals four. In no way does two plus two ever equal five. But sometimes in the stock market, the absolute worst shit company can become the hottest stock for several days, weeks, or even months. And even if you're eventually right that it's going to go bankrupt, you can go bankrupt in the process shorting too soon. So you have to kind of you know, do what you can to teach these hard realities. And, you know, I get into that in all my stuff, but in order to get people even watching the videos, I'll tell you an example. I don't know if I told you this last time. I tell this story often, but I have a 45 minute video of basically how to read SEC filings, how to spot red flags and stuff like that. And on the JPEG, the little thumbnail for the video, at first I had like just like an SEC filing and it's, you know, kind of it's white with like little black type and it it doesn't look very interesting. Like you're it looks like you're reading like little jargon. And then I tried an experiment and I put a thumbnail of my orange Lamborghini. Same exact 45 minute video lesson underneath, but one has the thumbnail with a, you know, a rather exciting car. Guess how many more people click the thumbnail than the the little thumbnail with the the financial jargon. Let's see if you can guess, Aaron. It's tough. It's tough. I'd say probably four times as many, 400% increase. That is correct. Four to five times, depending on you know what day it was. But that's a huge increase. And also the amount of time that people watched. If there wasn't the right thumbnail, people would watch between five and seven minutes. And then with the Lamborghini, they watch between 30 and 40 minutes. So it's about getting people to study and knowing what incentivizes them because even it's very similar outside of finance. 80% of people who have gym memberships don't go to the gym. Like it's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to be healthy. I joined the gym and you're paying this monthly dues and you, it's kind of like these guilty dues and you just don't go. So I have to try every single day to motivate people to actually study and that is the toughest part of my job. Okay. So – I mean, you've been very out there and saying that it's your goal and you're very motivated right now to create more millionaire traders. How do you intend on helping others to reach that million dollar goal? Can you share that with us? Yeah, I mean, so last time we spoke, I did not have nearly as many video lessons. Um, we didn't have as much categorization um, on Profitly. We now have user tools where it's not just me giving video lessons. Um, but now users can actually make their own videos and, and post their own blog posts and post their own watch lists. So I think that a lot of the key of becoming a, a self-made millionaire in trading is really looking at yourself. You know, most people think you need the hottest plays to make a lot of money when in reality, you know, the hot plays are always there. The question is, are you going to be able to really take advantage of them and, and profit from them? And that comes, you know, it's, it, it's a battle of you versus you that comes from inside of you. So 
in order to be the best you possible every day for the stock market, you know, you really have to look at what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. And that comes down to, you know, keeping spreadsheets. My top student, Tim Gratani, has thousands of spreadsheets tracking every single successful strategy, unsuccessful strategy, what's working, what's not. And, you know, which stock promoters are, are influencing the stock? How is the stock uh, performing on day one, day two, day three of the promotion? Uh, and in tracking all of this stuff incessantly. And, you know, it's a lot of hard work. And even when you do the hard work, you're still not guaranteed a profit. So I think that as a teacher, you know, obviously I can create more video lessons, do more webinars, answer more questions, uh, create more guides. But I think users and students really need to understand that they have to, you know, really look inside themselves and, and, and use these new tools that we've, you know, created to blog. Like I, I wish that more traders were fully transparent and showing all their trades on social media so that, you know, they could have the community show them, look, I just made this trade and you get rewarded when you do a good trade and you say like, even if the dollar gain isn't that big, like I, I really executed and stuck to my plans and stuck to my rules and it was great risk management. And if you post that like on Twitter and on Profitly in the chat room, you get a lot of, you know, positive feedback versus if you make a dumb mistake and, you know, you talk about that dumb mistake, you're still going to get positive feedback from the community, but at least you're going to like be kind of held responsible, held accountable for your trades, good trades and bad by sharing everything transparently. And I know a lot of traders don't like this. I know that some traders have like ex-wives and IRS problems and privacy issues, so they don't want to do that. I don't think that you need to share your name. You could be Purple Dragon 457, but as long as you, you know, try and really just look deep down inside of you and your own psychology, what is the best strategy for you? Some of my students are better at buying. Some of my students are better at shorting. Uh, there's not one right path to making millions in the stock market. And I think that as, you know, profitly grows, I mean, we nearly have 100,000 members now, more and more people are rising to the top of the leaderboards with different strategies. So it's not just my strategy of shorting pump and dumps and buying earnings winners. Uh, you know, people can come up with all sorts of strategies. And sometimes strategies work for only a few days, weeks, months, years, and you have to keep adapting. You know, that's the beauty of trading. That's the beauty of the stock market. It's constant adaptation, and if you don't adapt, you know you're going to perish. You're going to be a dinosaur. Yeah, I mean accountability and tracking both really great points that you brought up there. I like that. What tips can you give to someone who may be struggling with study? Either, either it's the task itself because I mean some people have a difficulty when they're not being told what to do. And I mean, others just struggle to find the time to fit it in, especially if they're a nine to fiver and they've got a family and that type of thing. What tips can you give to someone who may be struggling with their study? Yeah, you know, I tell a lot of people to study at night uh, who have jobs and, and kids and stuff like that. Like if you can put an hour aside uh, at night or on the weekends, um, you know, a lot of people like to sleep in on the weekend. You know, for me, Sometimes I'm just exhausted, but sometimes I like to, to really catch up on emails on a lot of projects that I'm working on and wake up at like 6 a.m. on a Saturday before everybody else wakes up and I have like two, three, four hours to myself. Um, on the same token, like, you know, some people say, oh, Tim, you're always saying, look, study hard, work hard, all this stuff. Like, when does it ever end? And it never really ends. You know, it's, it's a constant challenge, but I do think that you can, you know, tune out a lot of the noise. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of 
people who who claim to be uh, very knowledgeable in the market, especially seven years into a bull market right now. And I think you can cut through a lot of that and just ask by two questions like, you know, what is your track record? Show me your trades. And who are your most successful students? So while you think like you have to study from everybody, you can really weed out a lot of junk just by asking those questions. If you if somebody does not have you know millionaire students or maybe not even millionaire students, but somebody who's made several hundred thousand dollars and they show their full name, not like in this industry, you know, we have a lot of fake testimonials where you see financial websites and gurus saying, "Oh, Andrew C made three thousand dollars today," and you're like, "Okay, what's Andrew C's real name?" Give me his email address. Show me him on Facebook. You know that's why I I tell my students full names. You know my students also teach on the webinars, so you can really cut through the BS with transparency. And that's why you know I know it doesn't make me the most popular character in the world, where I'm always preaching privacy or transparency over privacy. But I do think that in a world where there's so much noise and so many people claiming to know the secret of how to get rich. You have to really focus on on people who actually have uh, you know a solid track record of doing so, and and not just for themselves but for other people. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I like how you mentioned in there um, getting up early on a Saturday. I think that's a really great point. And I mean, that's something I often do, and it's a you know it's a great time to play catch up, like you mentioned. Um, just to go one step further on this, how can someone get the most out of their dedicated study time? So let's say they're doing one hour every night. That's their time they've set aside. What are some of the important things they should be focusing on during that time to be as productive as possible? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I mean, for me, a lot of the time people want hot picks and they just want whatever's hot right now. And I'm always trying to say, I can't wait for there to be a bear market. I wish that it was a slow time right now so that people would not be trained to want hot picks and instead they would be trained to want to look through history to find strategies that have worked in the past and then they can you know, kind of adapt those strategies and find strategies that are working in the present and maybe in the future. But that's a, that's a tall task you know, to order. Most people just want what's hot right now. So I understand that. I understand the addiction. And if you want to really focus on what's hot right now and you want to get the most out of your studying, you know, you need to be rewarded right now. Because again, what I've learned as a teacher, it comes down to, you know, time spent studying and watching videos and preparation. And then you want to be rewarded. So it's tough for me to say, go back and look at history and see this, you know, strategy that worked from 2008 to 2012. It doesn't work now, but it would still be good for you to learn. That's nice, but for most people, it's just not going to work. They're going to get turned off because they're going to look at the past and it's like studying, you know, like the Roman Empire. For me, I love history. I love learning about what Napoleon did wrong and, you know, the Romans and the Vatican Empire and all that stuff, but most people don't. So, I would highly highly encourage anybody to study what is working right now? What strategies are working? What sectors are hot right now? Uh, you know, or, or what if you're a short seller? You know, what stocks are are the worst? What are the worst performers? What can we learn? Uh, you know, about all these uh, exposés with like Citron Research. Like, study everything there is. Uh, you know, about Valiant Pharmaceuticals, VRX, which has been the hottest topic uh, recently. How is that different? 
from Herbalife, which was another uh, hot topic over you know whether they were a scam or not. And that way you can look at what is actually happening right now and be rewarded by seeing the stock move the very next day. And you know maybe in time you can get mature enough and, and wealthy enough where you can say, you know what, I've I've made some money. Now it's time for me to look at at past strategies and past history. Um, but if you focus on the now, I think that really helps your motivation to study. No doubt. Okay, Tim. So can you give us an idea on how much time you devoted to studying when you were starting out? <sighs> um, you know, I'm kind of crazy. And I think that a lot of my success uh, is due to that. You know, I started senior year of high school. I ignored friends. I was a tennis player, but I was injured. So I, I couldn't really go out. I had uh, Tommy John surgery. So I had casts on both arms. Um, so I'm like walking around like RoboCop. And, uh, you know, I, I spent every waking hour and, and right now I spend pretty much every waking hour, um, you know, just teaching. It's not so much studying for me anymore because I have my patterns pretty much refined after 15 or 16 years of trading. Um, but you got to want it. You got to be dedicated and, and you have to be willing to sacrifice. You know, every now and then on a Saturday or Sunday, I post a tweet or, or something on Instagram and I say, you know, you have a choice. You can either go out tonight with your friends and family, hang out and, you know, take it easy, go watch a movie or something like that. Or, you know, you can really, you know, take your studying and take your education seriously and make sacrifices. And, and that's the decision that you're going to have to make. A lot of people aren't willing to make the sacrifices uh, in order to study. I'm not saying you necessarily have to study every waking hour, but every every few hours when you get a chance, if, if you get some free time, stop watching TV, stop going out, stop playing video games. Um, you know, you need to, to sacrifice your entertainment and try and, you know, change your life. Are you a developing or seasoned day trader who trades the U.S. markets? Is the only thing stopping you from getting to the next level is having enough capital to trade? Trade the Pool is a unique online stock trading prop firm that funds stock traders worldwide. Not having to risk your own capital can help you focus on other things like making better decisions on your trades. There's no PDT rules to worry about. You got more than 12,000 stocks and ETFs to trade, long or short, and professional tools at your side. How you get funded is you show them your skills through a straightforward evaluation process. Once you pass the evaluation, you get funded and trade with their pool of money and split the profits. Don't let the lack of buying power, capital, or fear of losing your own money prevent you from taking your trading to the next level. Visit tradethepool.com slash chat to learn more. So you often link the amount of misinformation that's out there to your motivation for teaching. Could you share an example of this so younger traders have an idea of what to be aware of? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, what really got me into teaching, I was on this TV show, Wall Street Warriors a few years ago, and I started getting 20, 50, 100 emails a day um, just from people saying that short selling penny stocks was illegal. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, it's not illegal. This is what I've been doing. That's how I made not my first million, but my second million. And it just my blood boiled every single time. I have some anger issues if you've ever listened to any of my webinars. And I, I really just got angry by people saying that you know, this tactic was illegal when in fact it was the result of brokers who can't find shares to short. They didn't want to seem incompetent. They didn't want to seem like a crappy broker that they were. So they would just lie to their customers and their customers would think that, you know, what I was doing actually was illegal. Um, so be very careful with what your broker tells you. 
Um, you know, every broker just wants commissions. Brokers are whores and that is all they want. They are not your friends. They're not your family. It's not a long-term relationship. They just want commissions and they will say and do anything they can to get those commissions from you. A lot of brokers don't like me, uh, because I call them out and, you know, most importantly, I tell people you don't need to trade every day. You know, I, I think the big problem is that people do overtrade. They think that they have to make 25, 50, a hundred, $200, every single day and they think that that's you know how their their money works for them and they turn into scalpers and they make these small amounts every single day or you know every few days and then they lose sometimes and then one or two times because they're using such a large part of their account or sometimes they're using leverage in the scalper mentality and they lose 50 75 sometimes 100% of their account on one or two trades and I've seen that happen too many times and the brokers don't care because the brokers have been getting commissions from you every single day. So you have to fight that addiction to trade every single day. Uh, you know, whether the broker tells you trading is good or, you know, I know it, it seems like if you go by a day and you're not trading, your money is just sitting in the account. It's not working for you. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just to sit on your hands. You know, sometimes the best trade is no trade. Uh, if you look at my gains and my top students' gains, we don't make that much every single day. We sometimes just make a lot when there's a perfect play, when there's a perfect pump and dump to short, or when there's a perfect earnings play that just keeps running. Uh, if you look at Mark Crook, he's one of my students. He's up nearly $500,000 in the past few years. He makes 80% of his profits from 6% of his trades. And a lot of my top students have similar ratios. And I think that you have to really think about that and you say, wait a minute, if the vast majority of my profits are coming from so few trades, why am I trading every day? Why am I feeling the need to, you know, make a few hundred dollars and, and try and feel good about this? You know, sometimes I say to my students who have trading problems, you should just watch the market all day. I'm not saying close your laptop turn off your computers and not watch the market. I'm saying test yourself. Try and watch the market all day and try not to trade. And if you can do that one, two, three days in a row, you will have beaten the addiction or, you know, you'll be on the way to beating the addiction because, you know, trading can be addictive. You want those profits to validate your time spent. You know, you, you want to feel better if you can make $5,000 in a few minutes. You feel better than everybody else who tries for a month. But you really have to control your your need for profits. You have to, you know, tame the beast. And you know, whether brokers tell you to trade more or other people to trade more, uh, or you know, even your addiction is telling you to trade more, that is not the successful path to big money. Scalping does not work. I know sometimes I make two, three, four, five, ten cents a share on a trade. That's when a trade doesn't go my way and I exit just safely. I never aim to make so little on a trade. So I really want people to focus on better trades, lesser trades, and yes, shorting penny stocks is perfectly legal and it's actually very logical because most penny stocks are absolute scams. So fight the addiction and fight the misinformation. Yeah, that's excellent and some great advice there for you know people who have a problem with over-trading. I think that, that's a really important point that you shared there. Besides brokers kind of being at the root of you know, a lot of misinformation, is there anything else that's kind of obvious or that you know, upsets you, annoys you, makes your blood boil, um, just misleading information that's out there? Ah, that's, that's like an hour long or maybe a day long conversation. <laughs> but some of the biggest things that I see in chat rooms and on social media, you know, people are posting their profits at the end of the day and they, they claim to be profitable. You know, here's a newsflash, 90 to 95% of traders lose money. I know CNBC doesn't want you to say that, 
I know brokers don't want to admit it, but that's the truth. If you look at academic study after academic study, there's a reason why CNBC's ratings are at all-time lows. Their viewers don't make money. Most people in chat rooms, on message boards, on social media are full of shit. And profitly, my little you know venture on trying to be transparent is not taking off very much because one by one, traders have excuses why they shouldn't be transparent. And I've seen it all before. I've heard it all before. I've heard every excuse. There was a company called Covester, of which I was the number one ranked trader out of 60,000 when they were very popular. And you know, Covester came around right when I got started teaching in 2007. Fantastic business idea where they could validate uh, traders and investors' performance by tapping into their brokerage accounts, and you could see, you know, who was doing good and who wasn't. And when it first started in 2006, 2007, all these different financial bloggers had the little Covester badge on their websites, and it was like Covester verified. And you know, I wasn't number one to start. I I had to show my track record when I first got started teaching. I went back to my 12,000. But over three years, I turned that 12,000 into 230,000 and I became number one ranked. And it wasn't because I was that much better than other people. It was just because so many bloggers took the badge off their website because you know their, their blog was meant to show their credibility and their expertise. But Covester ruined that <laughs> transparency and, and ruined that, their credibility by showing, guess what? They don't make any money. They underperform against the markets. So you know, when you're seeing people who post and they think that they're they're almighty and they're also profitable, you need to see all trades. I'm very proud to show every single one of my trades. Um, you know, in real time, it's a bitch. Sometimes I look like a complete idiot when I take the wrong trade. But transparency is so huge. And in this trading community, you know, a lot of people get burned by believing the wrong people. And a lot of people should just be fully transparent. It would make this trading industry so much bigger and greater. It would benefit all of us. But, you know, I, I know that's just a, a, a dream. So all I can do is warn people. Again, it goes back. If you're looking for your teacher, ask two questions. What is your track record? Show me all your trades. Ideally, it's several years or ideally even, you know, several decades and show me your millionaire students. I think you also had my, fr my friend uh, Paul Scolardi, a.k.a. Superman, on, and he shows all of his trades. He just had his first millionaire student uh, the other day. So, you know, those of us who, who work our asses off, um, you know, we get to show the, the results, the, you know, of our labor. And, and it's a very uh, proud thing when, when you were asking me earlier, you know, what, what's so important about a million dollars? I mean, just when a student crosses a million dollars and they knew nothing a few years ago or they had very little to their name, it's an incredibly rewarding experience for me. You know, when, when my students make $10,000 in a day versus me making $10,000 a day, I feel nothing anymore. I'm totally numb when I personally make that money. But when a student makes $10,000 for the first time, uh, you know, and they send me like this heartfelt email or when I see them at my Vegas conference and literally, I don't know, maybe a dozen or two dozen students were crying in front of me. And I, I have it all on video. I got to get it edited. It's just an amazing experience. Trading can change your life if you have, you know, the, the right idea how it's going to be a lot of hard work, not thinking that, you know, you're going to make a lot of money really quickly. And ideally, you need a mentor. You know, you can learn everything that I've learned over 15 or 20 years, but it takes too damn long to learn on your own. I wish I had a mentor and I just didn't. And, and that's bad for me and, and good for you guys. You know, it's good for people who are starting to learn right now. We're in a very special time where, you know, video lessons, live webinars, this stuff is changing the educational landscape where you can literally follow 
you know, exactly what's going on in real time with the stock and, and learn from an expert rather than just a, a bullshit penny stock promoter. Yeah. Great points. <laughs> I like it when you go on a, on a tangent there. <laughs> yeah. This is my life's work, you know? So I, I literally do this 16, 17 hours a day and it's not just about the money. You know, I'm so proud of my charity now having raised nearly a million dollars in a few months and, you know, I just freaking love where my business is heading. So I'm, I'm very, you, you caught me at a very proud moment in my life. <laughs> no, that's really cool. And um, I haven't had Paul um, on the show yet. Oh, you need to have him. He's amazing. I've been hassling him about it, but um, oh. I'm just getting some pushback. I have had Matty Owens on the show though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Triforce Trader. That was his millionaire student. I'm going to talk to Paul. I'm going to get him on the show because that would be a great episode. I want to hear. Okay, I'll leave it in your hands. There's no pushback. <laughs> you, you need to chat with traders right now. I'm going to text them right when we're done. That's that's bullshit. Awesome, awesome. So I'll leave that in your capable hands. But yeah, uh, Matty Owens, Triforce Trader. He was on uh, episode seven. So really cool interview and awesome guy. So if anyone wants to check that out, uh, episode seven. Um, now... I'm not sure if I may have asked you this last time, but from interacting with the traders you teach, what are the top two or three things that often hold them back from being successful and gaining consistency? Um, I think that a lot of people uh, don't realize that studying is something that never ends. You know, uh, some people make some money and then they're like, oh, I've made some money. I've learned some lessons. That's cool. I'm going to go chill with my family for like three months. I'll come back to the market. And, you know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they come back to a market that's very different and they're all confused. Um, I'm not saying that you have to trade every day. In fact, I'm, I'm saying you shouldn't. Um, but I really, really encourage people to study even for 15 minutes a day just to see what stocks are moving, what sectors are moving, uh, you know, what, what social media is talking about if you follow uh, several millionaire traders, which I think that you should to see what's working and, and what they're having trouble with. You know, people like Tim Grittani and Matt Owens, you know, they even though they're millionaires now, you know, they're very open about their losses. Tim Grittani was just tweeting about some of the troubles he's had in the past few weeks since coming back. Uh, from getting married. And, you know, I wish him a congratulations. His wife is awesome. Um, you know, you can't just leave for a little bit. And and I also have some people who say, oh, you know, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make some money first in the market and then I'm going to study. And I'm like, wait, how does that work? And, and they're like, well, you know, I'm just going to trade on my own, make some money. And then once I have enough money, then I'll really fully commit. You know, they feel like, okay, I have a $3,000 or a $5,000 account right now. I'm going to turn that into like ten dollars or $20,000. That way I have more money and then I can really commit to my education. And that's not how it works. You know, you, you can't become a doctor without studying. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to operate on this patient um, and, and we'll see how it goes and then I'll get my medical degree. Uh, you know, <laughs> trading is very similar where you need to put in the time, you know, it's very front end loaded with, with study and, and education and learning about which catalysts and patterns work uh, before you ever risk a dime of your money. And that education is constant. And, and I know I'm not making this sound like a fun profession. You're like, God, what about all these trips? Like, even though I travel, you know, you're going to ask my fiance, much to her chagrin. I, I still study every single day. I still look at opportunities every single day. Trading can be a great thing, but you can't just put it in a, a, a like a box that you want and, and wrap it up and, and make it this nice, tidy thing. You know, trading is can be a gruel. It's a challenge. It's a journey. And it's a beautiful journey 
And, you know, it, it never ends and, and you can get better at controlling your addiction and controlling your discipline and, you know, cutting losses quicker and, and being more right than wrong over time. But, you know, 15, 16 years into my career, I still make dumbass mistakes. I still screw up and I still sometimes get the story and, and, you know, the pattern entirely wrong. So this is something that, that should never be looked at something where you can totally master it and then just leave it. Um, you know, I, I really want to emphasize that point where, you know, sometimes I only work an hour a day and, and I don't know of any other industry where you don't need like a college degree or, or master's degree and you can make six or seven figures in a year and only, you know, work an hour or two a day, but you still have to put in some time, uh, even on weekends, I'm still reading the news. I'm seeing what's hot. I'm thinking about what potential plays there are, you know, if there's, uh, God forbid, like some some terrorism, you know, what are the the security plays that might be affected? If there's some salmonella poisoning, uh, then, you know, there's a lot of food, health and, and safety companies that, that might spike. So I, I'm always in the trader mentality and I don't know how to turn that off. And, and I really caution people from ever turning that off. You have to be opportunistic. Uh, sometimes, you know, I've made some of my biggest trades out of the blue where I just, you know, I, I, I see a trend and, and I jump on it and I'm first or, you know, second to the trend. I don't actually want to be first. I want the stocks to be spiking a little first to, to prove that I'm on the right track. Um, but I, I'm very early in the trend, uh, whether it's marijuana stocks or, or Ebola stocks or something like that. And thinking that way nonstop might be a little annoying, but keeping that idea that there's opportunity around the corner every single day. Uh, and, and you kind of have to be like a sniper and you, you take your shots when you're ready, aim small, miss small. I think that that keeps you in a, a good, uh, good place. Yes. I mean, it's fair to say that you just want to pretty much immerse yourself in the market as much as possible. Yeah. But you also, you also don't want to burn out Aaron, you know, so it's, it's a tricky, uh, tricky thing. You know, I'm not saying to study 18 hours a day and being like, where's the next play? Where's the next play? I need, I need to hunt. Uh, you know, that's why I say like a sniper, you, you wait for your enemy, you wait for your prey and you take your shot. But sometimes, you know, you're waiting for a very long time. So I don't want people to burn out. Absolutely. That's, that's really important. So one of the things I'd like to ask you about is confidence. Okay. So confidence in your trading. Now you cop a lot of slack online, right? Everyone knows that, but you handle it very well. And I mean, it doesn't seem to bother you. So I think you're going to give some good insight to my next question here. And that is when you're starting out as a trader and you haven't had any major breakthroughs yet, uh, some of your friends and even some of your family might not believe in what you're doing and may try to discourage you from even getting into trading. What advice would you give to someone who has those negative influences in their life? Yeah, I, I get that a lot. You know, a lot of people like Instagram me or, or tweet me and they're like, yeah, my mom, my dad, my friends, they all say, you know, this is a scam. Like I, I shouldn't do this. And I, you know, what I tell them is that this is education. Like is school a scam? Is, is learning a scam? Is intelligence a scam? Um, you know, I know that the vast majority of traders lose money. Okay. Let's be very frank about that. I understand that not every single one of my students is going to be a millionaire. But who's to say that it's not you, you know, just because your parents say that you can't do something, does that mean that they're right? You know, if you have the talent, if you have the dedication and most importantly, if you have the determination, 
you can be my next millionaire. And that that applies to anybody, whether you're in Asia, Europe, North America, whether you're, you know, 21, 25, 40. I have some students who are 70. I had one guy at my Vegas conference. He looked like, you know, the character Blue in the movie Old School. And he was like on his last legs, but he was loving trading. He was like telling me the story how he made 40 grand the other day. And, and there was just a great look in his eyes. So it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your background. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you trade penny stocks like me or Forex or options. You know, there's money to be made in, in every single sector. And, you know, it, it's just amazing that there's so much hate. And it's because of people who make promises, like people who say, I promise I will make you a millionaire. Or there's, you know, these these scammers, I see these Google ads where they're like, I win 99% of the time. And that's bullshit. And you really have to watch out for bullshit. But if you find someone who's honest, and you know, this goes back to transparency, showing every trade, showing their track record, showing their losses, showing their successful students, showing their unsuccessful students. Uh, you know, a lot of the time I highlight uh, what some of my students who break the rules and, and what happens to them. Um, so just don't go in with the wrong expectations. This is an industry just like any other. There will be some people who rise to the top. You know, picture this like American Idol or, you know, Major League Baseball. There's a lot of people who want to go to the big show and the big dance. But unless you work your ass off, you're not going to get there. But the one good thing I would say or the best thing I would say about trading is that unlike baseball or singing or you know if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer you don't need any fancy schooling uh, you don't need some you know genetics that that are amazing where you're some kind of freak athlete uh, you don't need to have an amazing voice or that you somehow inherited from like your mom or something trading can reward the most mediocre individuals. <laughs> and I say that lovingly. Like I I'm I think I myself as a rather mediocre individual. I suck at math. I know that I'm not that smart. I know my limitations. But because I've worked so hard and because I wanted it so hard, I became a millionaire trader and I saw the opportunities. I made my first million buying penny stock breakouts. I didn't even know about short selling. But when the market adapted in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2002, I adapted and I began short selling. So I haven't had just one successful strategy. I have many successful strategy and lots of failed strategies too. But if you keep adapting, if you keep staying determined, if you keep proving, you know, these, these doubters and your family and your friends wrong and saying, look, I'm not just following hot picks. Like trading is a very intellectual process. Like this is a beautiful challenge. I'm, I'm training my brain to look at opportunities. I'm trying to think differently than the crowd. I'm trying to be part of the few percent of people that actually make it big in trading. And you can. And that is, you know, what I would tell people who, who doubt on this. You know, it's not just about following hot picks. I mean, I trade penny stocks. This is the most hated niche in all of finance. But because I explain, even like to Larry King, where I say, look, actually, Larry, I short sell. I mainly bet against these scams. And he's like, wait a minute. You're, you know, if you if you watch the interview, he's like, wait a minute, you're rooting against the people that you're investing in. And I'm like, yes, I understand that most penny stocks are scams. So just try to be true to your niche, whatever it is. Try to be true with, you know, the realistic opportunities where most people are going to lose. You're probably going to lose at first. So you need to cut losses quickly. I don't want you to lose and, and lose everything and then your friends and family are right. So it's good to have doubters. It's good to have haters because you need to prove them wrong and you need to work your ass off to do what you must to prove them wrong. And that involves studying, being realistic 
and staying, you know, determined all along. Every single great actor, every single great athlete has had somebody doubt them in the past, okay? You know, Meryl Streep just had a, a great YouTube video where she didn't get a part because she was, quote, too ugly when she was young. And now Meryl Streep is one of the most recognized, uh, awarded actresses of all time. So don't ever think that you're going to go through something and have zero haters or zero doubters. Use those haters. Use those doubters as inspiration to work harder and to succeed. Remember, the best revenge is massive success. Yeah, I love that quote. That's a good one. <laughs> so, I mean, in life, you come across as a very confident person. And I'm curious to know, how do you manage your confidence levels when engaging in the market? Does this help you or do you think it kind of... Um, has some sort of a, uh, what's the right word, um, disadvantage to some extent. Well, so here's the interesting thing. So if you actually see me trading, I'm very cowardly. Um, I might be confident outside of the stock market. I'm confident in interviews like this because I know what I'm doing and what I'm teaching is right and, and useful and helpful. But when I'm trading, you know, it's kind of funny to see people's uh, reaction to my trades, like where, you know, I, I alert in real time and sometimes I cut losses. Sometimes I get out with like a five cent a share gain. And I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm a coward. Um, you know, in my DVDs, I, I even have a, a voice where I say I'm a castrated choir boy. And I'm like, I trade like a castrated choir boy. And I talk like that. So, you know, I, there's a very different uh, way that I am in life and in trading. And I, I can't encourage anybody to be aggressive in trading. Uh, you know, gunslingers, I see them all the time. Sometimes they make money, sometimes they lose money, but they are out of the game very quickly because one way or the other, they screw up. They bet too big, they bet it all, they use leverage, they think that they're going to be right. Um, I was a philosophy major in college, and I think philosophy really helped me in understanding that the smartest man is the man who knows that he knows nothing. Uh, and that's a very, you know, anti-business kind of approach. You know, if you're in business school, if you're on Wall Street, you really can't admit defeat because there are mistakes or errors. Because if you do, then, you know, someone's just going to go to another banker or another broker who has the exact same high-priced suit and tie and, you know, we'll take you out on, on some high price dinner and then try and rape you for commissions for life. That's how Wall Street works. Um, but as a teacher, I get to show my losses. Uh, some of my most popular blog posts and video lessons are, you know, lessons from my biggest losses. What did I do wrong on this trade? Every time I have a big loss, what did I do wrong? This is my first year. And, you know, this is November 2015. So I've been trading for 16 years. This is my first year without a big loss. And I fully credit social media and being a teacher because I don't want to look like an ass in front of my students. And so thinking that way, I actually respect my rules more. And I think that's the number one problem that people have. A lot of people know the rules. They know, you know, cut losses quickly. Don't bet at all. Don't use leverage. Uh, don't be too over aggressive. Never think that you're always going to be right. They know those rules. Sometimes they have it taped on their computer or their laptop, but they don't follow them because they don't have the community and they don't have, you know, there's no consequences if they don't follow it, uh, you know, and, and that's, I think, why being transparent and looking like an ass so often like I do, especially on reality TV shows, uh, has helped my trading and, and, you know, it's helped my confidence because now I understand that, you know, I, I'm basically bulletproof in the trading world as long as I stick to my rules 
and cut losses quickly and exit trades and play so safe because I'm transparent. There's a whole group of traders that I've learned like to trade against me. And at first I was pissed off and I was like, oh, God, this sucks, you know. But then I realized, wait a minute, this is just a consequence of my success as a teacher. This is a consequence of me being transparent because they know, look, if we can all trade against Sykes and you know force him to cut losses quickly, he will cut losses quickly. And they know how I trade because I'm, I'm very open about my trading strategy. So whenever I enter in a trade, I have to be damn sure that I'm right. Otherwise, this group of traders that trades against me will just pummel me. And that forces me to be a better trader. So what I tell people pretend as if a group of traders is trading against you. Is your position secure enough to withstand that? You know, If you're so right about a stock, it doesn't matter who is trading against you. The market will be in your favor. So for me, I have to be very, very choosy about my trades. I want them to A, be profitable and B, be educational. I want to follow rules that I preach again and again in my video lessons and DVDs. So my teaching might look very successful from the outside as you know a business, but for me, it has been my therapy and, it, and it's been my own teacher. My teaching has been my teacher and that makes me a better trader, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Now, last time we, uh, you were on, we spoke quite a bit about your strategy. Um, one of the things I didn't get a chance to ask you about, um, which I'd like to ask you about now um, and we'll just kind of skim over this because I've got a lot of questions uh, to get through and some of them are crowdsourced from, from listeners. So I really want to get to those. But Nice. Bring it on. I got all night, buddy. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. So one of the things we didn't cover was the liquidity issues that often exist in penny stocks. Are there any pointers you can share with listeners that may help them to avoid getting stuck in situations where liquidity is very thin? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of penny stocks with great stories and they claim to, you know, this and that and, and, and just do amazing things. And what I've learned is that most penny stocks are full of crap. Um, so I, I've learned to really tune out the stories in the press releases and focus on price action patterns and volume. So I really only want to play stocks, uh, you know, that are, that are spiking quite nicely and I want to play stocks that have volume of, you know, 200,000, 500,000, usually a million or two shares traded a day. Now, I am not 100% disciplined. Sometimes I fall for these press releases and I have to correct myself and it's not pretty, um, you know. But if I'm truly disciplined, I focus on price action and, and liquid stocks. I don't do very well, though, with stocks. Sometimes penny stocks trade. Uh, you know, 10, 20, 50 million shares in a day. I do not do well with those because they are way, way, way too choppy for me. And because I'm such a coward trader, I cut losses quickly when the stock goes, you know, against me. So I've learned what my sweet spot is, roughly 500,000 to, you know, 2 million in, in daily trading volume. Okay. And when you say 500,000 to a million in daily trading volume, is that on an average day or is that when something's, you know, moving? It's on the day because a lot of the stocks that I trade, you know, sometimes they don't trade for, for months and then they have good earnings or a good contract. So I'm, I'm usually interested or, or a stock promotion. So I'm usually interested in the catalyst that is moving the stock right now. That's part of the problem uh, why I had to actually get off Covester. A lot of people don't realize it. Covester uh, turned into a company that did auto, uh, auto trading, like it would copy your trades for people who subscribe to your feed. But the problem was that they disallowed uh, stocks that, that did not have a $50 million market cap 
And a lot of the stocks that I trade uh, have under 50 million. But even when a stock that I traded would would go above 50 million in market cap, it was only because the stock was up 100 or 200 percent in the past day or two. And so Covester looked at uh, market cap over the past three months. So they would say, hey, their system would read 10 or 15 million dollar market cap and it wouldn't be up to date. And so my stocks are moving so fast. You know, most most companies don't triple in, in valuation within three months. So that was a big problem with me and Covester, and, and we had a falling out because my stocks simply just don't fit their metrics. Okay, yeah, I mean that makes sense. And and just on a similar note, as you have grown as a trader, have you experienced any scalability issues with your strategy um, in the field of penny stocks? And if so, um, how have you had to adapt? Big time. Um, you know, I. When I first turned twelve thousand into one point six five million, you know, I thought that I could turn one million into a hundred million. Um, there, there's definitely limited scalability, especially when shorting pump and dumps. Um, now, I mean, part of the reason why I got into teaching, I just didn't think that my strategy was that scalable. It, it would be much easier for me to teach a thousand students to make a thousand dollars each rather than for me to make a million dollars on any one trade. Um, but what I've learned. Uh, a few things. Uh, there is a hedge fund out there. It's called Anson Funds. I'm actually an investor. My friend Moez Kassam runs it, and he basically shorts uh, penny stock scams and, and some larger scams. And they're at, I think, like three or four hundred million in assets, and they returned like 25% last year for me, which I was very happy with, and nearly 10% this year. Um, so th I think there is some greater scalability. I just don't know how to do it. I, I would love to get you to have Moez on. I don't know. Have you ever interviewed hedge fund managers or are they not allowed to talk? Uh, yeah, I've interviewed a few guys who manage money. Um, yeah, feel free to make the intro. That'd cool. be cool. Cool. I would love to hear that too. I think that would be amazing. Awesome. Um, so he found a way to make it more scalable. But for me, I never really you know, found the shares to short. And I also, I'm kind of impatient. You know, I, I have to recognize my own faults as a trader. Um, you know, as I was just telling on my, my trading challenge webinar, my three previous biggest days in the past few years of, you know, several $70,000 profits and $100,000 profits, I did not capture even half of the profits had I held another hour. So it wasn't like my big profits were due to me being uh, per a perfect timer. It was me being so dead on that even when I captured half of the potential profits, it was still a huge day for me. Um, so that's a lesson for me that I'm frankly just not a very good trader. So for me, or, or a very great trader, you know, I've made 4.3 million now. Uh, last year actually was a, my best year ever in trading. I made nearly a million dollars, but I am a far better teacher. And so every year I actually go back and trade with less. Uh, last year when I made nearly a million, I, I started the year with 500,000. Uh, this year, I started the year with 100000 and I've made nearly $200,000. And next year, I'm going to start with just $12,000, and I'm going to be under the pattern day trader rule. I'm going to trade with a very small account and you know, see if I can grow it exponentially like I have in the past. So for me, I have my own impatience and, and personality issues that prevent me from taking my trading to the next level. And, you know, some you have to know your limits. For some people, you know, you, you want to try and become a better trader, but for whatever reason, it's preventing you. But the cool thing is that I, I kind of adapted to my my own uh, issues and became a teacher. And, and that's what I'm good for. But Moez Kassam of Anson Funds will be better to, to talk about scalability issues with penny stocks. Awesome. Yeah, no, I look forward to that. And um, yeah, it's cool that you'll be starting out with 12, 
uh, Graham next year. That'll be interesting to follow along with. Yeah. Now, seen as I've had you on in the past, I thought I'd put the word out to the listeners. So I put on Twitter uh, to see what questions they had for you. So first question was from uh, Ray Trader 10 and he asked, when do you sleep? So I think what he's trying to get at here is how do you find time to run multiple sites, education, uh, continue to trade and then live a life outside of that also. So I guess it kind of comes back to how do you avoid burnout, which you touched on a bit, a little bit earlier. I solved that problem by eating a lot. Um, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've gained 50 pounds in the past two years. Not my proudest moment. I'm actually actually 25 pounds off my highs now in the past few weeks since I took uh, health a little more seriously. It got a little out of control for a while. It was a bull market in my weight and it just kept making new highs. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's tough. You know, I, I'm very passionate about my teachings. Um, I'm passionate about my travels and, you know, I have a beautiful fiance now and I have a little, a little cute Pomeranian dog too, just to round it all out. So balancing has definitely been tough and I, I definitely probably put, uh, too much with, uh, focus on my business and my students. Uh, and you know, I need to do a better job with, with work-life balance, but I, I really get pumped up when I have these millionaire students and it's tough for me to pull back because I see, you know, the mistakes that people are making and by making uh, a video lesson every single day lately, as opposed to before I was making a video lesson, like every two or three days in the past. Um, and one thing that has helped me lately is that I used to give two or three webinars a week. Um, and now I only give one because part of my trading challenge, which is, you know, for my most dedicated students, uh, thankfully my, my successful students have come in to help me out. So Tim Grittani, who you had on Michael Good, my first millionaire student and Mark Crook, who's up roughly 500,000. They now also give weekly webinars to my trading challenge students. So they've helped me out tremendously. Um, and now we have nearly a thousand people in the chat room and, you know, I have several other, uh, chat room moderators of, so, the successful students are are coming in to help me out and it's kind of a, a nice circle where they want to give back to the community that's helped them and that that's going to be huge going forward. So it's even more uh, inspiration and motivation for me to create successful students because I'm basically just breeding uh, future helpers to reduce my workload. So that that's the the plan there. And I don't sleep I, you know I'm, I'm trying to sleep more. Um, but I definitely could do better. <laughs> Very cool. Now, t uh, at Tao P7, uh, he asks, what's the minimum to open an account? I think this is a good question because a lot of people are um, attracted to penny stocks because they have limited capital and, you know, it's kind of the field that they think gives them most buying power. So what would you suggest is the minimum to start with? Um, I mean, right now I use, uh, or in, to start 2016, I use basically only E-Trade and Interactive Brokers. Uh, Interactive Brokers, the minimum is 10,000, but there's a loophole. Like if you're under 26 years old, uh, you can open an account with 3,000. Uh, E-Trade, I believe the minimum is 500 to open an account, but in order to short sell, you need 2,000, uh, which is an SEC rule. Um, you know, I would say anywhere from two to 5,000. Um, would be good to start. You know, people ask me, Hey, I have $200. I would be like, come on, save up. Like, 
go take out the trash for your neighbor like every day. Like you got to be able to save up a few hundred dollars. If you can't do that, then you're probably not going to make it as a trader anyways. The good thing is that even before you start trading, you know, you really should be studying. You know, I have over 500 free videos on YouTube. So while you are saving, watch my free YouTube videos and, and start getting in the mindset of, of what are the plays that I'm actually, you know, trading long and short. What, what is this weird, uh, you know, penny stock strategy where, where you don't trade every day and, and you don't want to scalp stocks like so many traders do. So you need to learn before you profit. As Tim Grittani shows, I mean, Tim Grittani has the single best track record, I think, of any trader that I know of, you know, turning a few thousand into now 2.8 million in four years. And he lost rather consistently for the first six months. He just kept losses small. So when you first start, don't you dare expect to have any profits. Uh, focus on on getting educated, focus on, on learning the best practices and focus on not blowing up. Um, that, that would be a better question. Yeah, excellent advice there. And he also asked, what's the best introductory book to penny stocks. So if someone likes to learn or, you know, finds that they find they learn best by reading, what's one penny stock book you'd suggest to them? I don't think there there's any. Uh, you know, my book in American Hedge Fund talks about my journey, but it's not very technical. We're actually publishing uh, a book by one of my students, Jamil, and he basically, you know, it was kind of a funny email. He's like, Tim, I love your teachings but you're so fucking disorganized. I, you know, I'm an engineer. I had to organize it. And he sent me this PDF, basically organizing all my uh, DVDs, uh, all my video lessons into a book. And it's actually very organized. So that book, um, I don't know what it's going to be called, but, but we'll be publishing it. And it's not talking about my journey. It's just a technical look at penny stocks and patterns. Um, and I think it's going to be amazing. And it's kind of funny that it took one of my students to organize my, my thoughts to, to pull it off, but that'll be coming out in the next few months. Oh, nice one. That's, that is quite funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Now we've got another question here and that's from ghost trade. Uh, so that's, um, ghost with a zero and one T. How did you learn to read filings and interpret press releases and where should a new trader start with this type of thing? Yeah, so uh, my first millionaire student, Michael Good, and I actually partnered on a DVD called uh, uh, Learn How to Read SEC Filings. So that's a, I think it's a six hour DVD. Every single person who watches it says it's the single most boring DVD they've ever seen because it's so dry talking about all the different SEC filings and the, the legal stuff. But they also say that it's very useful. So it's dual purpose, it's, it's like natural NyQuil. So you don't need to take NyQuil or Advil PM. You just watch this DVD you know, for a half hour every night before you go to bed and you will sleep like a baby. <laughs> and ideally you'll be dreaming about these boring financial statements. Um, but I, I learned on my own, you know, the same way, uh, kind of Michael Good did. Uh, Michael Good was, have you had Michael Good on yet? I haven't. No. Oh my God, Aaron, I have so many people <laughs> for you. Uh, Michael Good is up to 1.5 million in profits. Every trade shown, he just uh, had a nice $25,000 profit the other day, shorting the pump and dump uh, ticker A R E N. Um, but he's fascinating. He's he's so uh, methodical and scientific, and he reads through these SEC filings the way that I used to. I really don't even read them anymore because the community on Profitly has grown so much. Where basically either Tim Grittani or Michael Good or Mark Crook is, is, you know, doing the due diligence. And because, you know, I, I know that they, how crazy they are with their, their work ethic. 
they basically uh, go through all of these filings and they, they pick out the red flags. But you basically have to see, you know, every single press release is just media hype. It's meant to uh, lure in investors, uh, lure in, you know, naive reporters into to focusing on a penny stock company's uh, product instead of the stock and the nasty financings and usually pretty messed up share structures that they have. Um, and then the SEC filings, companies are required to talk about all that. So they don't talk so much about the hype of the product, whatever it is. They talk about you know how 5 million shares were sold at a third of a penny to an offshore Cayman Islands hedge fund. <laughs> like really weird, exotic, toxic financings. And you have to really be careful. Um, but that DVD that I mentioned is, is great. And you know I have so many video lessons uh, where I talk about you know, what is, what is wrong. I actually have a, a free video on YouTube. I'll give the link to you, Aaron, uh, which is called, uh, an ideal trade by Tim Sykes. And it has nearly half a million views on YouTube. And I talk about all these red flags in an sec filing and contrast that to all their positive press releases. And you see me, it actually cracked the pump and dump cracked while I was giving a webinar and I made 30% in 30 minutes. And then it cracked another 20%. So I took profits too soon as I usually do, but you know, shorting pump and dumps where there's a huge divergence between what is in the press releases and in the legal filings. That's when you know you're you're onto something. Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll link to uh, the DVD you mentioned in the show notes, and also link to the that video you mentioned there as well. Um, so if anyone wants to check that out, you can get links at chatwithtraders.com uh, forward slash forty seven. Uh, this will be episode forty seven. So. Uh, we've got one more uh, listener question, and that's from Sal151. And he asks, how much has the penny stock game changed since you started teaching? Yeah, um, great question. You know, I, I wanted it to change more. I kind of got into teaching, A, I hated the misinformation, but B, uh, you know, the, these patterns and these opportunities have kind of uh, taken my life away from me. You know, you asked when I crossed a million dollars, I was actually on – uh, semester at sea, and I was I was loving life because we, you go around in the the world on a cruise ship, and we were in Asia, so I wasn't trading much, and like I had like two girlfriends, I was popular, like I had never had any of this stuff because I was always trading my you know senior year of high school and the first few years of college, and because I wasn't trading, I actually had a life on this boat, and it was a pretty good life. But then as the ship passed around. Uh, a little more in, into uh, Africa and then Brazil and Cuba, I really stopped uh, living life as much and focused on trading. And by the end of the, the cruise, I was up uh, roughly a quarter of a million dollars uh, using their satellite and internet. And I had no girlfriend by the end of it and very few friends because I was on the computer all day long. So you kind of have to choose. And when I got into teaching, um, you know, I I really kind of hoped that if I taught these patterns well enough, I could burst them. I could, you know, teach so many people that, you know, the opportunities weren't there anymore. But unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, seven years into teaching, I have taught a lot of people. I do have several millionaire students and a lot of students who are making six figures, but the patterns are the exact fucking same. And they haunt my life to this day. And I can't uh, get away from them. You know, I, on semester at sea, I, I had an Indian homestay. I was going to stay with this family in India. It was going to be incredible. And I was, it was going to be so beautiful. And I turned that down in order to trade. Uh, and I, I kind of regret it now, but you know, I made like 12 grand on the trades. I missed my college graduation. 
uh, because of a trade. I miss birthday parties. A lot of my friends would say I'm the biggest asshole in the world for missing so much of their life. So trading has been a blessing and a curse for me. It's a, it's a good blessing, you know, because I've, I've lived a rather uh, very blessed life. But at the same time, uh, I have not done a good job at, at controlling it and knowing when to say when. And, you know, probably that that's the reason for my success as a trader and a teacher. Um, but I kind of got into teaching hoping to end it all. And it's just weird that I, I feel like it's kind of like oil. Like, you know, if you if you drop oil on the table and, and you see all these little bubbles and you try and smush the bubbles with your finger, it just creates new bubbles. Um, and that's what's kind of happened with penny stocks where, you know, everybody kind of knows my breakout levels or, or where I want to short, but it, it really hasn't changed the game. Uh, the, the patterns still work like kind of crazy, like eerily to a T, uh, the same either, you know, not enough people are shorting or, or buying, uh, or, you know, there's, there's a ton of volume or there's just a ton more plays because we've been in this seven year bull market pretty much ever since I start, got started teaching. Um, I don't know what the reasons are, but I really do hope for a bear market so that there's less plays and I can live a little more. You know, I just got back from the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, which was an awesome experience. So I'm, I'm still living a little bit, but, uh, you know, I, I do wish that there were fewer plays. And I, I hope that more people learn these patterns to make it happen. Okay, okay. So just to summarize, you would say that the, the landscape of the penny stock market structure hasn't really changed too much since you began teaching? Correct. There's less penny stock promoters, but now, uh, you know, websites like uh, Seeking Alpha um, and, you know, there's a million little wannabe financial websites and, and they try and, you know, push up stocks and chat rooms. You know, you have all these traders colluding and, and trading together. So they're, they're basically, uh, you know, promoters for lack of a better term. So there's always something moving uh, and, and I'm just playing the volatility. Okay, cool. So let me ask you one last question, and that's what's one area of your trading you'd like to improve moving forward from here? Yeah, um, so I'm really excited to go back to trading with just twelve thousand next year. You know, trading with a bigger account, uh, you know, I, I get a little tempted uh, to exit trades early. Where you know, like just for today, for example, my goal was uh, on HCKT, which is actually an $18 stock, but it's an earnings winner and it kind of trades like a penny stock. And my, I did bought it. My goal was to make 50 cents a share. Um, but I, you know, within an hour or two, I was up like 25 cents a share and I took it and I made roughly a thousand bucks. And, you know, with a smaller account, I would have more patience. As it turned out, HCKT did go up 50 cents a share by the end of the day. Um, so it, I, I should have had more patience, but Taking $1,000 is tough for me in, in a bad market as today was. So I think with a smaller account, I'm going to have more patience and I'm going to be more disciplined to, to let the trade you know, really play out. So I, I'm looking forward to that. But impatience, um, you know, it's good for, for cutting losses, but it's, it's definitely bad for me you know, cutting gains too short. All right. Good one. So Tim, before we bring this to a close, um, share with us a little bit about your charity and what causes you're supporting. Yeah, so this is uh, something new that that was just created in the past year. You know, I, I've always done like a little charity. You know, I've, I've been doing Make a Wish in some capacity or another for for a decade since I, I dealt with Make a Wish New Orleans. I went to school down in Tulane, um, but now I actually have my own official charity, the Timothy Sykes Foundation. It's a five hundred one c three foundation, so it's real. 
And uh, my latest DVD, How to Make Millions, which is 35 hours, all the proceeds uh, go to charity, and I'm actually matching uh, the donations. So we've raised nearly a million from that, and I'm going to match it with a million of my own. So I'm going to fulfill my goal of, of raising $2 million in 2015 for charity. Very proud of that. And, uh, you know, we, we've done a, a few charity um uh, like I, I take it one at a time, like 20,000 here, 10,000, 5,000, 20,000. Um, so one of the 20,000s, uh, make a wish. It was an incredible story and I want to share it with you. It doesn't really go viral on, on the internet, but it was one of the most beautiful and rewarding experiences of my life. Um, you know, I donated $20,000 to make a wish, uh, to, to help this child, Ewan, uh, he's, he can't move, he can't, uh, talk. And it's been a struggle for his family to communicate with him. And, uh, you know, this new technology basically tracks movements in his eyes and he can move his eyes. So if he moves it in a certain pattern, uh, it basically learns his language and he can communicate with his mom. So he was testing out the new device. He sits in this chair and, and, you know, looks at this TV screen, which has sensors, which tracks his eyes. And uh, he was moving his eyes and you know, trying out different words. And after like 30 minutes, he, he got the, the words right. And it said in like an electronic voice, hello, mother. And his mom cried. My mom was there. She was crying. I was crying. My dad was there. And it was a, an incredible, incredible experience. And that was just one of the make-a-wishes. We have several others. We also partner with Boys and Girls Club, uh, the Lord's Place in Florida. And actually two weeks from now, uh, we're going to be partnering with PATH, uh, which is a charity out here in L.A. Uh, where my fiance lives. And we're going to be moving these homeless people into a house for the first time. And then the next day I'm, I'm partnering with Soup Kitchen and we're going to feed uh, a lot of these homeless people um, just some some good, you know, hot food. And and I love it, you know, and, and this is totally a new game for me. You know, I've been to over 100 countries. I, I have all the crazy cars and you know, big ass houses and, and I've lived a pretty solid life, but nothing really competes with, with this charity. Um, you know, giving back, I'm ashamed that I, I didn't do it earlier, but I guess it's better late than never. And, you know, I'm going to blow up this charity. It's, it's going to be one of my, my main, uh, focuses going forward. So I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. Really good work, man. That's incredible. So Tim, before you go, do you want to share with listeners where they can go to find out more about you and where they can connect with you? Yeah, um, you know, timothysykes.com. Uh, I have 8,000 blog posts. Uh, if you go to my YouTube channel, um, I think it's timsykes.com. Uh, we have 500 plus free videos. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all under Timothy Sykes. And I, I try and post stuff every day, you know, either pictures or video lessons or blog posts. I write for Entrepreneur and Inc. and Huffington Post now. Um, so I'm always just trying to give tips. And I, I really just want to teach more. You know, this is this is my passion in life and and I love it. Uh, you know, I love your your show, Chat with Traders, because you you cut through the BS and you see that there's a lot of amazing individuals uh, in this industry, you know, where we're still nowhere near mainstream like we should be. But I think with the internet and transparency playing a bigger role in the future, I think, you know, we, we have a shot. You know, we're so much better than this bullshit fantasy sports and and stuff like that 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 people think they should focus on. You know, this is this is much more uh, a game of skill. And and I think the you know the odds of you 
maybe not even necessarily making a million, but making, you know, enough money, like an extra 500 or an extra $5,000, you know, just, just getting a little extra by using your mind. I think that's a very good thing instead of, you know, just partying or watching TV or playing video games where you're spending money and you're wasting your life. I mean, we have one life. So I, I just want to try and show people to how to maximize it. Totally agree. Totally agree. And all those links which you just mentioned there, um, if, if listeners want to find them all in one place, chatwithtraders.com forward slash 47. Um, they'll all be there in the show notes. Now, Tim, awesome to speak with you again. Thank you very much for doing this. Uh, let's stay in touch and talk again soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Keep up the great work, man. You've come to the end of this episode of Chat with Traders, but don't worry, more great episodes are on the way. To stay updated with each great new episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, and we'd love it if you leave us a rating and review. We'll see you next time on Chat with Traders.